Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 56 of the Masterclass. That's right, you're hearing my voice first. This is Dave Hogue, and here with me tonight is my good friend, Cam Brennan. Cam, how are you? I'm good, sir. How are you? Good. I, I, I just kind of like did your whole little spiel there. Hey. I think I could have been original. It's okay. You know, we we are here. This is exciting. Dave has done the intro now for the second time. Twice in 56 episodes. You know, so we're setting a precedent now. In, in about 23 episodes, you should have him or hear him do it again. But no, I'm good. I'm super excited um, to be here. Uh, this is, you know, just something I look forward to. Each week. So, Absolutely. Uh, thanks for getting us started, man. Yeah, thanks for the opportunity. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'll you try know. not to let it go to my head. <laughs> All right, so uh, what's next? What do we do? You're in charge. Oh, now. am this I in charge tonight? So this is, yeah. I'm going to ask you I'm, other questions. I'm totally in the, uh, not the driver's seat tonight. All right, so we have some follow-up from Rachel, and she gives us a little bit of insight into inerrancy. And, and this, I believe she just shot you a text on this. Uh, yeah, she sent us something on Twitter. Oh, at Masterclass even... FM. Yes. Oh, she... I didn't even see it. I apologize. Uh, well, that's okay. It. I sent it to you as a text message. Okay. But yeah, no, she, she contacted us uh, on Twitter with her thoughts on inerrancy. So she says, the way I've always understood inerrancy is that the Bible is inherent in what it affirms and claims about who God is. Oh, not inherent, inerrant. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. I have a hard time pronouncing words. So it is inerrant in what it affirms and claims about who God and Jesus are and the things they've done, but not necessarily in the specific numbers, dates, etc. I don't know if that helps you or not, but it helps. Is that right? I don't know if that helps I, I you think not. I think it's supposed to be, but I hope it helps. But is I, what I think it, it was, you know. Also, I'd love to hear your thoughts on the problem of evil. Smiley yeah. face. <laughs> yeah, smiley face. Should be winky, winky devil face is what it should be. Um, we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, all right, so the Bible is inerrant in what it affirms. So essentially, the Bible, what the Bible says is true, is true. And that was what, that's the phrase that got thrown around a lot when I was at university. Oh, really? Um, yeah, in, in the Bible department. Um more so during undergrad than during grad school, um, which is not surprising because grad school often, in my experience, treats the Bible as a secondary text and not necessarily as a primary one. And we're more concerned about what dead Germans have to say about the Bible than what the Bible has to say about the Bible, about which, you know, was incredibly frustrating for me, um, which is why I stopped my schooling after grad school because I saw where this was trending and it wasn't... Um, really, you know, where I wanted to go. Um, so yeah, what the Bible says is true is true is I think I'm assuming I'm, I'm putting words into Rachel's mouth right now, but I'm assuming that's what she means when she says the Bible, the Bible being inerrant means that what it affirms and claims about who God and Jesus are, uh, is true, but not necessarily in the specific numbers, dates, etc. And this is where I think me and Rachel might start to diverge here. Uh, to me, the term inerrant means, well, and I think she would agree with this, without error, but she is, she is um, saying that that inerrancy, that, that l limitation of errors is strictly for 
things about God and about Jesus, right? Whereas I'm saying, if we say the term inerrant, then the whole thing's got to be above board. Because uh, I can't say the Bible is inerrant without errors. I mean, that, that, that term to me is blanket. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I would struggle saying, yes, the Bible's inerrant when I mean what the Bible says is true is true, but these numbers and dates may or may not be fudged. And f- Okay, I take that back. Fudged was a loaded word there. Um, when I hear the term inerrant, I think front to back, every single letter is exactly how it's supposed to be. And so um, I'm not saying that, that Rachel's wrong at all. I think that I... I my hang up is is the um superlative nature of a term like inerrant because mm-hmm. i mean by definition it means without error which kind of covers a lot of ground um and so maybe my hang up is not necessarily with her description cuz i think her description has some serious um weight to it to be considered um but perhaps that's where infallible would come in. What the Bible says is true is true. Mm-hmm. Infallible. Done. No argument whatsoever. Throw in inerrancy, and that's where I start to get a little, <laughs> you know, ants in the pansy. Yes. Does that make sense? I, I think it does. Um, interestingly, and well... Part of why this whole discussion came up for me in the first place was um, this is something that uh, I have to give kudos to to my church. Um, Easter's the big Sunday when everybody comes, and in the follow up weeks here recently, they basically have tackled is the Bible the real deal, and done a very kind of layman's thing with can we trust the Bible? Can we believe the Bible? And one of the things that came up. Um, was, and I'll, I'll give this, uh, the shout out to Dan Diebel, who's the senior pastor. Um, there's a, a website called answeringchristianity.com and answering Christianity is not one word between answering and Christianity is what I call a small dash. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what a hyphen, a hyphen. <laughs> okay. The minus symbol, the minus, but then there's like the long one. And that's, is that just. Two minus symbols? <laughs> oh, no. So, okay. Yeah. So if it connects words, uh-huh. it's a hyphen. It's a hyphen. And then it's a dash if it separates words. Okay, so spaces. this is a hyphen. Yes. So answering hyphen Christianity.com, and it has 101 contradictions in the Bible. Oh, boy. And so... This is going to make my skin crawl. Go for it, Dave. So, But it's very interesting because it is things like, um, how old was... Ahaziah, when he began to rule over Jerusalem, 22 and 42. All right, time out. (laughs) Answering minus Christianity.com. Yes. It's frighteningly ugly. Oh, it's, it's horrible. It's nothing but text, right? And this is written by Muslims. (laughs) <laughs> I'm assuming, since it says Islam, the true religion of God Almighty at the top, and then Quran, stunning scientific miracles. Yeah. So this is a this is a, a an Islamic website 
touting the inconsistencies of the buckable. Sure. I'm just making sure I understand this correctly. Uh, that is my understanding. Okay. But I, I guess I It'll find it in the show notes. I find it very interesting that the things that are listed in here are very trivial. Uh, God sent his prophet to threaten David with how many years of famine? Well, in Second Samuel, it's seven. In First Chronicles, it's three. How long did um, Jeconiah rule over Jerusalem? Second Kings says three months. Second Chronicles says three months and ten days. So, it, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of these are numbers. We're literally. Uh, there's a disagreement between something that Ezra reports and something that Nehemiah reports, where Ezra reports 29,818, and Nehemiah reports 31,089. So then you kind of get down uh, a little bit farther, and I personally um, don't see anything in this that is, like, denies who Jesus says he claims to be that contradicts the forgiveness of the essentials of the Christian faith. Um, Did Jesus bear his own cross? Yes. According to John 19, 17. No, according to Matthew 27, 31 through 32. And I I will say this, that out of a, a, a book of the Bible written over 1500 years, 66 books, 40-some authors, I think, are kind of the numbers that get thrown out there. If the best you got are 101 contradictions, and they're mostly about numbers and dates and things like that, I'm okay with that. Because, as we've mentioned before, I'm a police officer. If I talk to two different people about the same event... Within minutes. Within minutes of it happening, I truly expect to get two different versions of that event to the point where uh, the color of clothing is different, the hand that somebody, you know, just everything is contradictory. And to be quite candid, if, if we get into an investigation and stories match too much, we start thinking, hmm. Collusion. Yes, exactly. Because, because given who, who human beings are and how we do things, uh, I mean... You just think about human beings and human nature. It is more likely that you are going to get differences in in that sort of a thing. So I guess in a roundabout way, I am sort of uh, latching on to the, you have human beings writing this book. And while it is inspired word of God, the things that really matter, there is no contradiction. Uh, much like Rachel was saying, in the things that are reported details by human beings is where you see the contradiction. And so I'm, I'm pretty okay with that. <laughs> yeah. All right. So first of all, Rachel, thank you for writing in. It's always nice to have follow-up and Appreciate uh, it. thank you for, um, Definitely making me think through my definition of terms and and my um, I, I I guess just my my perspective on that I feel like I have a lot more to think through and um, 
you know, hopefully I'll, I'll land somewhere soon. But uh, so thanks for that. Um, but of course, she left us with this little, you know, tidbit at the end. Also, I'd love to hear your thoughts on the problem of evil. So why not? We tackled inerrancy Ooh, last week. Are we why, really going to go to evil? Why not? We're going to do it. <laughs> we're going to do it. Uh, all right. So the problem of evil is a uh, philosophy of religion uh, problem, if you will, or uh, you know something that one of my professors in college made us solve. You know, in heavy quotation marks, one one episode, not episode. Oh my gosh, one class. <laughs> he was not teaching a podcast; it was an actual class. Um, but it goes like this: How do you reconcile the existence of evil? With that of a God who is in uh, omnipotent, omniscient, and omnibenevolent. Ooh. So, how can evil exist, but also a God who is all powerful, all knowing, and all loving? How can those two things coexist, and why would He let evil exist? Um, I, I this is one of those that on a broad general scale is, is easy for me to comprehend. Like I, like I get the whole concept of if, if you have a perfect loving God and he gives created beings the ability to choose him, there's sort of this in inherent, uh, for, for us to choose him, there has to be something that we can choose against him. And so that's, that is for me where evil comes in, into play. Like I, I'm like, that's not that hard to, to wrap my head around because it, it is, it's a kind of a free will thing. And, uh, for there to truly be a choice, there has to be an opposite where I have a hard time with it is the, when you actually see evil in the world. And, um, particularly when it comes to children and children that are helpless beyond what they can do to themselves. And I just don't understand. I don't like, I haven't, I have not come to this, like, God, I get why you do this. Like, I don't understand how a 10 year old Filipino girl can be sold into slavery to the point where she is pleasuring men two times, three times, four times, five times her age in a sexual manner. And God allows that to go on. It just, I don't get it. I really just don't understand. So that's, that's where I like (laughs) my initial kind of um, where I arrive with, with evil comes in. Yeah. So, wow. Okay. Um, that went places I wasn't <laughs> expecting. Uh, so, Sorry. No. 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 It's. I don't apologize. I just. You are. You are proving to me the, the inadequacy of my, um, consideration, in in how I wanted to answer this question, um. Initially, I was going to say, I don't think the problem of evil is a problem. I think it's a misnomer. Uh, I think it's, I think it is a, uh, again, in air quotes here, a clever way that 
that logicians or philosophers use to try and uh, downgrade the Bible and God. Because, as you said, if if God's whole purpose, as the Bible says, was to create us to worship him and to do so out of a loving relationship, then there has to be choice. Well, if God is the only choice, then it's not choice, right? Then we're robots, essentially. Right. And that, if you you know read scripture with any understanding, is never what God intended. Uh, now, why he never intended that is a, I think is is a question worth discussing. Why did he want us to choose him? Why is he so, uh, why is he so obsessed with this idea of relationship and of mutual love and of grace and of forgiveness? Those I think are incredible questions to ask because they actually lead you to a better understanding of what life is supposed to be like. Um, but, but calling it the problem of evil, you start out from a negative standpoint. Why would God allow this? As if we're in a place to tell God how to run things. Mm-hmm. Well, and I agree with that, yes. Um, and also, to get to this, this idea that we can figure God out, you know, and that's always been one of my arguments towards, you know, friends or family that that think that Christianity is a bunch of, you know, hocus pocus. Is like, if I could understand God completely, I wouldn't like that because while I'm no idiot, I'm a f- I'm I I feel like I'm an above average intelligent guy. There are so many more people in this world that are smarter than I am, and if the dude running the whole show is I can figure out we're kind of screwed. Like we're going to pull Titanic and hit an iceberg at some point and we're, it's all downhill. Um, so not knowing why God chooses to do things, even if they're as tragic as what you described. And that is genuinely heartbreaking to, to even think that that happens, let alone to know that it does, you know, sometimes in our little suburban bubble of niceness, we forget that that sort of crap is going on right now while we're recording this. And while you are listening to it, that is happening to a little girl somewhere on the planet and not just one thousands. And that's frightening. And the fact that God allows that is I think where this idea of the problem of evil really starts to gain some legs of why. And I still wouldn't call it the problem the problem of evil as opposed to the problem of us not understanding how God does things or why he does them. And right. to me, that's a, a very different premise than the problem of evil, whereas, whereas evil is, is the thing that is, um, you know, what we don't understand. Now, we do evil really well yeah. as human beings. We're really good at it. Yeah. The problem is... We don't comprehend why and how God does things because we can't. And so for me or you or anyone listening to get upset about sex trade or even something far more trivial but still evil, um, 
I think ultimately comes down to do we trust God or do we not? Do we have to be in control or are we willing to let him be in control and to understand that we don't have to have all of the answers for the Bible to still be true? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think... So I, I ultimately, if I can try and sum this up in some semblance of a um, bow, making any kind of sense, I think the problem of evil or the perception of it stems from people not understanding and not being in control. And I think that the sooner we can understand that we will never fully understand God, and that he's still good despite our lack of control and understanding, then we can still get mad, and I think even rightfully so, get mad about the sort of crap that the International Justice Mission mm-hmm. exists to stop in the name of God. We can still get mad about it. We can still be, be active about stopping those things, but that does not change who or what God is and how he affects our lives. Right. I don't know where I am right now. I hope, <laughs> I hope any of that made a lick of sense. I think it does. Uh, I'm going to continue with this if it's okay. I know yeah. this wasn't what we actually were planning. We can going. always push the main topic to next week. Dave. Sure. I, I think there's an element to here of that. We are so focused on this physical material life that we don't get that. And that kind of my first point I'm going to make is, is that um, those of us who know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior and spend eternity with him, the glory that we will experience in his presence will so outweigh anything negative that happened on this earth. I, I, you know, I don't know what memory is going to be. I don't know what we're going to recall in heaven. I don't think the Bible speaks a ton on that. But I think what we'll experience will so outweigh the bad here on earth that that'll be gone. And then the second part of that is, is what you're going to experience in hell is going to so far exceed um, what you had in this this life that, you know, the worst thing that you can think of here on this planet doesn't compare to that. Yeah, and if I can totally interrupt you here, sure. I'm going to. <laughs> um, I think, to your point, um, it's also important to understand that, you know, when you say that, that heaven is going to be so much better than that we're going to forget the evil, it's not like God is buying our happiness in heaven. He's not distracting us with a shiny new thing to prevent us from reflecting upon our pain from the earth or all the evil that went on. It's... <laughs> You know, in scripture, when it says that, you know, in the end, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that, that I am God, and then everyone will be judged so that when the new heavens, and the new earth arrive and everything is set the way it was meant to be, it's not just like God is distracting us from the pain or distracting us from the guilt or distracting us from the evil. It is in every way, literally, figuratively, emotionally, spiritually, intellectually, it is gone. It is removed. It no longer exists. Mm-hmm. So he's not placating us or you know, giving us Twinkies and, and making us feel good. He is completely removing 
all of that stuff from our lives, which I think is a very key thing to remember here. Because yes, to your point, when if if the Bible, you know, if what the Bible says is true is true, then when we get to heaven, there will be no more tears, there will be no more pain, there will be no more guilt, there will be no more shame or sin or evil, right? It will be gone because at that point God will be satisfied with the choices that people have made. He will have given us the choice, the choices will have been made, and he will have passed judgment on those choices. So at that point, those that chose God can enjoy God forever, and those that did not can enjoy, or uh, more appropriately, um, agonize for eternity. So yeah, he's he's not being, you know... Uh, the parent who buys their kids happiness, right? Well, he's he's the the eternal parent who died for his kids' happiness, mm-hmm. and there's a huge difference there. Yes. And again, this is I think difficult for all of us to comprehend, but we are all evil. Uh, whoa, man! Whoa. <laughs> and so is it? Uh, I'm not. I'm not the best when it comes to my uh, sword. S- my scripture memorization and sword drill and being able to to pull out the Bible and quote scripture. But I know it's in Romans. I believe it's Romans three twenty three. For all have sinned and fall short. Um, Romans. That sounds right. Romans three twenty three. Uh. But it, I think that's the other thing in all of this discussion is that we need to remember that when we talk about evil, um, you know, there are certain, um, for all of sin, fall short of the glory of God, Romans 3.23. Um, that, is, that is all of us. Essentially, that is saying when it says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, that's basically telling, hey, you're all evil. <laughs> and uh, we have a hard time with that because it's like, well, no, I'm not doing this to kids in the Philippines or in Africa. Uh, no, I wasn't, uh, you know, dictator yeah. in committing genocide, genocide. Or, and, yeah, you know, I, sort of I, I didn't do any of this kind of stuff. Okay. Not even to that extreme. I've never killed anybody. Uh, I try to be nice. I try to be, you know what, without Jesus, you are evil. And so I think that is just maybe even more difficult to comprehend is the fact that even the most most well-intentioned, nicest, good-natured human being who ever lives this earth dies without knowing Jesus and professing him as their Lord and Savior is going to be viewed by, viewed by a holy God as evil. And that probably is even worse than thinking about bad things happening to innocent people for a lot of us, because it's like, well, wait a minute, (laughs) I'm a good person. So, well, let's, I'm, the whole I'm a good person thing to me is on equal footing with, if you dream it, you can do it. (laughs) It's just bull crap. Sure. If we're honest with ourselves, when we say, oh, but I'm a good person. No. Most people are are selfish, self-serving, prideful, defensive, 
And, you know, some people would say, oh, that's just our animal instinct and survival kicking in. Great. God calls us to be more than animals. Yeah. I know that technically we are animals. We're mammals, right? Mm-hmm. But, again, if the, what the Bible says is true, is true. God created all the birds and the fish and all the animals and then alone made us in his image. We are held to a higher standard. So the excuse that our lizard brain or our, you know, uh, ancient, you know, uh, survival skills or what causes it's, it's all just excuses. Yeah, it is (laughs) because if life, if, if being a human was about survival, things would be different. Well, and that's, I think inherently people know it's not what it's all about. And that's, that yeah, is, I mean, so all, all I'm saying is, you know, if you want to pull this, I'm a good person card, then good luck to you. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> see, how, about... see how it works out. You know, you got, you again, and, and this goes to what, what I, I mentioned a few episodes about, you know, James Corden talking to his dad about this stuff is like, what if it's all just a bunch of bull crap? What if the Bible right. is just this masterful piece of fiction? Well, you know what? Then I lived a life I was proud of. I lived a life that, uh, you know, I got to serve other people. I lived a life that was about stuff bigger than me. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. But if it's not true, what do you have to lean on? Right. And some people don't like that argument. You know, tough nuts. Sorry. (laughs) Because guess what? At the end of the day, we're going to find out. Each and every single one of us is going to find out. And you have to be okay with your choice. And everyone does get a choice, and that's the point. So I'm not telling you uh, not to make a choice because you are inherently making a choice every day based on how you live your life and how we live our lives. And we just want you to make the choice that we think is right. We're not trying to, you know, offend you or, you know, be mean when we tell you that you're evil. Because guess what? We are too. Yes. That's, we are not better than anybody at all. And the older I get, the more I realize how much I need God's grace and how sinful I really am and how evil I really am. Because that's... The thoughts that go through your head, you're just like, what am I... How am I even considering such a, you know? And you're like, wasn't I just listening to, to, to Jesus music like 10 minutes ago, and now I'm already off in the wilderness? Yes. and infuriating. I, I, I will just say that uh, based on James 3, 1, uh, when I get to heaven, I'm going to say to Jesus, I'm going to say, I was a podcaster. <laughs> I was not a teacher. I was just podcasting, <laughs> just sharing my own views and thoughts on and, things. And why are you so uh Because James 3 1 says, Not many of you <laughs> should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. So you know this yeah. is this is just here for us to kind well, of share our journey and I'm not oh, teaching don't even <laughs> I'm on the hook for nine years of I was gonna ministry. say we were both youth pastors. <laughs> so I don't know what you're trying to get yourself out of. We've already we've already uh, ate that, you know, hook line and sinker. It's my sinful nature cam. I'm oh, sorry. Gosh. <laughs> <sighs> so anyway. So yeah. 
uh, problem of evil. <laughs> Super simple, right? Not, 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 you know, tricky whatsoever. Um, I will say this. Uh, I hope that at this point, um, the people that, that choose to listen to the show, which we're very grateful for, would understand that when, especially me, when I make light of things like this, it's not because I'm unserious. It's not because I'm, well, I'm a bit of a smart aleck, um, but I'm try- we're, we're trying to have a helpful discussion. Absolutely. And yeah. to prove to the point, to prove the point rather, that we don't have all the answers. We're still trying to be more like Jesus and be less like ourselves. Um, and we want to have an accessible conversation about these things because too often the discussion about these types of philosophical or theological discussions are reserved for academics. And if you want, if you're a non-academic and you want to talk about these things, you get the kitty version, you know, the precious moments, mm-hmm. uh, adventure Bible, you know, type stuff. And, and one of the, one of the reasons that Dave and I do this is we, we want to fill the gap in the middle. We want to be a place where we want this podcast to be a place where people who want to know more about the Bible and Jesus and Christianity and theology can come and discuss it in adult terms, not be treated like idiots or kids, but also not have to deal with all of the pretension that comes with the academic world. Uh, I agree. And so we're trying to have an open and honest and forthright discussion about these things and so i'm not we're not trying to be flippant i'm not trying to be flippant i know dave isn't but we're just trying to have real honest accessible yet still hopefully intelligent conversations about the stuff that actually matters you know and that's how jesus acted when he was doing his ministry in the middle east he no no bs straight to the point called people on stuff and totally brought the unexpected. And we're not Jesus. I am the exact opposite of the man. And that's not false humility. That's just honesty. Like, it's a good thing it's him and not me. But I just, I hope that you hear our our genuine desire for this to be a god honoring yet human accessible conversation of the stuff cuz it really matters it really does what you choose to do with your life it matters yeah definitely has eternal significance um the second verse I'm reminded of, John one twenty, and this is John the Baptist when they started kind of poking him and saying, who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Cam and I are freely confessing we are not the Christ. No. Claim to be. Oh my gosh. 
But uh, I always got a kick out of that with John the Baptist where it was kind of that whole like, oh, no, 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 I am not him. Uh, I confess freely. In fact, he even went on to say, I'm not Elijah. I'm not any of these people. I'm just the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. So, Which is not a short nickname. No. (laughs) But yeah, I just, I I, I echo what what, what you're saying in terms of... um, and just appreciate the people that can kind of be genuine in their faith that they don't have all the answers. They don't know everything. Uh, it is a journey. It doesn't, I mean, I take very seriously the things that Jesus says of be perfect. Like I am perfect. I know that that's not within my own ability. Um, whatever my time on this earth may be 45 years or 90 years, I want to continue to pursue him and get closer to him. And this is, I think the other thing that we hit on quite a bit, and it's the foundation of any Sunday morning, Sunday school is read your Bible and pray, read your Bible, (laughs) pray every day. So, and that, that, that is really, and you know, it's funny. I had, I had a great Sunday night of prayer and seeking him and, um, did okay on Monday, and it's now 10 o'clock on Tuesday, and I'm sitting here thinking, going, didn't do a whole lot today in terms of seeking Jesus. Uh, it's my desire, it's my hope, but it's amazing how life happens, and I, I, you know, I end up at the end of the day going... Where'd all the time go? Well, yeah, exactly. So, and, and I guess we've spent some time here kind of doing that, but it does go, life goes by fast, so... All right. So, are we gonna skip our verse for tonight? Yeah, I think we're just gonna we're just gonna call it good next week. Call it good and move on to next week. Yeah, so, our, Rachel, with one simple Twitter and a stupid emoji, Arr. you have caused us to spend forty plus minutes on your topic. So, that should be encouragement for anybody else out there <laughs> listening. Please send us your questions, your comments, your suggestions. And Cam, I'm going to throw it to you. Where oh. can they do that at? Oh, oh, how the tables have turned. <laughs> I, I like how this feels. Uh, if you want to get in contact with us and um, share your thoughts, share your opinions, share your insight, uh, just like Rachel did for this episode, you can do that on Twitter. You can get both of us at Masterclass FM. On Twitter, you can get Dave at 10.8HBO, where 8 is the only number. I'm at Cam Brennan, C-A-M-B-R-E-N-N-A-N. And then if you want something a little more uh, long form, you can email us at hello at supermegacorp.net and just put Masterclass in the subject line so that uh, I know to send it along to Dave so that we both can read it. If, however, you are interested in the show notes for this episode, you can go to supermegacorp.net slash masterclass slash 56, as this is episode number 56. And also, if you're listening in a podcast app on your mobile phone or iPad, chances are, or or tablet, sorry, uh, you can just scroll uh, down underneath the artwork and all the show notes will be there for you as well right this very second so uh thank you ladies and gentlemen for 
tuning in for another episode of the Masterclass. We think it's really cool that people listen. We we're just, it. you know, we're just a couple of dudes <laughs> in a basement. Yes. On a true. Tuesday night. So. Yes, and if you're looking forward to next week, you can read Matthew 16, 1 through 4, and be prepared for us to discuss the Pharisees and the Sadducees and uh, them challenging or attempting to challenge Jesus one more time. So. Swing and a miss. It's <laughs> a baseball pun. Swing and a miss. Okay, bye. All right. <laughs>